Welcome and thanks for listening to the sermon podcast from First Presbyterian Church of Honolulu. We are in the midst of unprecedented times, but even though our lives have changed, God is still with us. Here's First Pres Associate Pastor Tim Shaw with the sermon, We Are Together. Hi, my name is Tim Shaw, one of the pastors here at First Press, and we, as a part of a staff and a part of the leadership of our church, the deacons, the elders, we just want to say to all of you that we love you. We love you so much. We are living through an unprecedented time for most of us. These are really challenging days. If you're feeling anxious, please know that you're not alone. All of us are feeling concerned for people we love and and we're feeling concerned about ourselves as well. So if you're feeling afraid, don't feel guilty about having those feelings. It's perfectly understandable. We all have questions about the days ahead and what they will hold. But the really good news that I have for you is that our God is a very powerful God. And that he loves us with a love that is boundless. So we can bring all of these questions these anxieties and these concerns to him, and he is with us. And that's what I want to talk with you about today. Let's pray together. God, we pray that you would fill this space and that you would show us a new insight into who you are. Help us to grow in our trust for you, our love for you. Help us to rest in your promises. Lord, be lifted up and glorified in all that we say and do here today in Jesus' name. Amen. There are situations in our lives that threaten us all the time, threaten to overwhelm us. We may be in a broken relationship that has left us confused and hurting. And in these anxious times, we might feel that we're in danger of slipping into an old addiction because we're trying to find ways to cope. We may have health concerns, and we're wondering whether we're going to get laid off or furloughed. We may have significant financial challenges in front of us. As we all follow the directives of our local and national governments about social distancing to shelter at home, many are feeling lonely. I did have one friend of mine who said that because she's an introvert, that she's been practicing for this moment her whole life. And so she feels prepared. The uncertainties of this situation that we're living through can increase tension in our homes. With kids out of school, that presents all sorts of challenges for parents. The first thing I want to say to all of us today is a Swahili expression. Tuko pamoja. In my work in Africa, as part of the board of directors of an organization called the Congo Initiative, People often close their emails with that phrase, tuko pamoja. It means we are together. The Congolese people uh, have been living through incredibly difficult times for a very long time. And they have been some of my best teachers. They know what it's like to live in times of uncertainty. And over the years, they have shown me the importance of tuko pamoja. We are together, we're not alone. We have each other. One of the things that surprised me on one of my first trips to the Democratic Republic of Congo was the fact as I was walking along with a friend of mine and he reached out and grabbed my hand and we walked along together hand in hand. It was a physical expression of tuko pamoja. 
We're in this together. We have each other. We're not alone. Over the years, I received a number of remarkable and wonderful gifts from my friends in Africa. And one of the gifts that I cherish the most is this carving of two giraffes who are standing close together, watching each other's back. That is what this carving means. We have one another's backs. Tuko Pamoja. We are together. In these days of social distancing and sheltering at home, it is difficult, if not impossible, for us right now to reach out and touch one another. We can't hold hands with people who are outside our households. Nevertheless, what I want to affirm for us today is that even though we are separated, we are together. We can stay connected through the remarkable technology that is available to us. If you go on our church's website, you can discover all sorts of ways for us to stay connected to one another. Last weekend, our staff called every one of our kupuna that we had a phone number for, just to check in on them to see how they were doing and if there's anything that we could do to help them. You and I can do that as well. Make a phone call to a friend or a neighbor, give them a call, send a text, write a note. I had one pastor friend of mine who had an extra supply of toilet paper and took a roll of toilet paper and put it in every neighbor's mailbox with a note that just invited them to give her a call if they needed to talk. Tuko Pamoja, we are together. We're in this together. But I've got some better news for us than just that. It is incredible that we have one another, but here's the really super good news that we have to share with one another and with the world. It's been the best news the world has ever heard for the last 2,000 years. In fact, it's the best news ever announced on the planet. And it's really important for us to hear that news again right here in the middle of this crisis. God himself is with us. And that's what I want to focus on in the rest of our time together. The amazing message of the book of Revelation, which is the last book of the Bible, is this. Even in the face of the challenges that we're facing, we can say with confidence that things are not only as they seem, because God is with us. There is so much more that is going on than we can see with our eyes and sense with our senses. This is not an invitation to deny the challenging realities that we're all facing. It is an encouragement to consider the possibility that things are not only as they seem. There is a greater reality that can frame the current challenges of our lives. The book of Revelation is written by the Apostle John towards the end of the first century. By then, John was himself a kupuna. He was well into his senior years. He wrote this book from prison, and he wrote it to a group of people who were living in very scary times. John had been arrested and exiled to an island called Patmos, which is off the coast of modern-day Turkey. He was in prison there because he refused to worship the head of the Roman government, a tyrant by the name of Domitian. So John wrote this letter, the book of Revelation, to Christians in the first century who were living through incredibly challenging and uncertain days. In his old age, John was not going to bow down to a mere mortal. So he graciously refused to take a pinch of incense and throw it on the fire to worship the emperor. For John, only Jesus is Lord. Respect the emperor? Yes. 
worship him? Absolutely not. So John was arrested and exiled to the island of Patmos. The Roman government maintained a rock quarry there where they banished criminals, where they would spend the rest of their lives. It was there that John had a vision of Jesus Christ, and it was from there that he wrote this letter, hoping to encourage and strengthen his fellow Christians. The first century followers of Jesus probably had many of the same questions that you and I have or our friends have. Is it really true that there is an all-powerful God who can do anything? And if he is a God who loves us, where is he? You Christians say Jesus is Lord, but so where is the evidence of that? Where is Jesus in the middle of all of this? Through the vivid imagery of the book of Revelation, Jesus speaks to these questions in a way that I think can help us overcome our own anxieties and fears. In the book of Revelation, we see Jesus as he is right now. That in this crazy, sometimes hard to understand last book of the Bible, it's why it's so important, especially at a moment like the one we're living in. In this book, we see what the resurrected, glorified, and living Jesus is up to right now. I believe that if you and I can wrap our hearts and minds around the revelations contained in this book, we can begin to live with greater confidence and hope. Listen to what John wrote in chapter 1 of Revelation. Turn with me in your Bibles uh, to Revelation chapter 1, verse 9. Here is the vision that John saw. I, John, your brother and companion in the suffering and kingdom and patient endurance that are ours in Jesus, was on the island of Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. On the day of the Lord, I was in the Spirit, and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet, which said, Write on a scroll which you see and send it to me, send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus, to Smyrna, to Pergamum, to Thyatira, to Sardis, to Philadelphia, and Laodicea. And John says, I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me. And when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And among the lampstands was someone like a son of man, dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet, and with a golden sash around his chest. The hair on his head was white like wool, as white as snow. And his eyes were like blazing fire. His feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace. And his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. In his right hand he held seven stars, and coming out of his mouth was a sharp, double-edged sword. His face was like the sun, shining in all of its brilliance. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. And then he placed his right hand on me and said, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead, and now look. I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and Hades. That's the vision that John had on the island of Patmos in his book, The Revelation. The word translated revelation in Greek is the word apocalypse. In English, the word apocalypse is a scary word for us. For us, it refers to something really bad. But that wasn't the case with our first century fellow Christians. They would have heard that word and been really excited and filled with hope. The Greek word apocalypse simply means to reveal, to unveil. The first Christians would have heard that word and would have sat on the edge of their seats, knowing that something really incredibly helpful 
was about to be made known to them. They would have thought that something really awesome was about to happen. The word refers to uh, uh, the lifting of a box that's covering something incredibly good, or pulling back of a curtain in a house to reveal what is just outside that house. The amazing claim of the book of Revelation is that God is real. Jesus Christ is alive, and he's here with us. He's just hidden behind a curtain that is one day going to be pulled back. Things are not only as they seem. Things, even the challenging realities of our lives right now, things are not only as they seem. There's more to this present moment than we can know with our unaided senses. There's a more to the flow of human history than we know with our unaided intellect and emotions. And the more we understand this, the more our whole perspective on our lives can begin to change. Things are not only as they seem. There's more to reality than meets the eye. It would be like if we had spent um, our whole lives living in this part of our church, if there were like curtains all over these windows. And then suddenly someone pulled back the curtains and we realized that there was so much more to reality than we'd experienced. Here in the Fellowship Hall of our Ko'olau campus, what would it have been like if we had somehow grown up inside uh, this room with immovable curtains blocking our view of the splendor of the Ko'olau Mountains? Imagine if we, uh, the only realities we really understood was what was going on inside this building. We probably could live a pretty great life inside our Ko'olau campus, but what would it be like if suddenly those curtains were opened and we saw for the first time the magnificent beauty of the mountains and the Pacific Ocean off in the distance? We would be stunned. We thought we knew the full extent of what was real, but now we would begin to understand that there was so much more for us to learn and understand and explore. We could sit and look out the windows and be amazed, but the real transformation would take place in our lives if we stepped out of this room and experienced it ourselves. It would be our own personal Truman Show. Do you remember this film, The Truman Show? I, you know, I use so many video clips in my uh, messages that I think there's got to be some way for me to be compensated for promoting all of these films, because you know what? I know a bunch of you are going to go online after this worship service is over and rent The Truman Show. If you do, maybe you could organize a Netflix watch party and have a discussion about that amazing film. The Truman Show stars Jim Carrey, who is himself in the film the star of a worldwide TV show about his life. His name is Truman, and his entire life is lived on this massive TV set. He was born on that TV set. He grew up to adulthood in that studio. Millions of people watched him grow, and Truman had no idea that it was all fake. He doesn't realize that he's living in a television studio. He lived his entire life believing that everything he saw was all there was to life. But over time, Truman begins to wonder whether there might be more. One day he finds a TV light laying in the street, and he begins to wonder, where did that come from? But quickly the radio in his car announced that an airplane flying overhead had shed some engine parts. The producers of the show didn't want Truman to think too hard about what happened. Then one day, his radio in his car accidentally picked up the radio frequency being used by one of the directors who was giving cues 
to all the actors and describing what Truman was doing. All of this and so many other things make Truman began to wonder, uh, could there be something more going on? Okay, I got a spoiler alert. This movie's been out for a long time, so you should know the ending of it already, but I'm going to tell you the ending of the movie. Truman jumps into a small sailboat and decides to sail for the horizon. The director creates an enormous storm to try and push Truman back to shore to keep him from sailing to the edge of the studio. But he keeps sailing, and eventually he hits the studio wall and punctures it. And he realizes that things are not only as they seem. Truman was exploited by people who wanted to make money at his expense. He had a product to sell, a television program to promote, and it made no difference to them that it cost Truman a lot. They kept him locked up inside their artificial world so that they could be entertained and line their pockets with cash. They had a vested interest in keeping the truth from Truman. Every technician, every stage manager, every actor had a personal interest in keeping Truman in the dark. They needed him to believe that what he experienced inside that bubble was all there was. But there comes a moment when Truman decides to take a risk and see if there is more. The foundational conviction of the book of Revelation is that things are not only as they seem. Or more precisely, things are not only as they seem. My friend, Daryl Johnson, who wrote a commentary on the book of Revelation, he wrote this. He said, John, the writer, is concerned or convinced as a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ that there is more to reality than meets the unaided senses. John would say to us something like this. Look around you and take in all the data you can with your eyes. Listen around you and take in all the data you can with your ears. Smell, touch, and taste. Take in all the data you can gather with your five senses and then realize, as I did, John speaking, that there is more to what we call life than we can know with our unaided senses and intellect and emotions. The message of the Bible is that God is real, that God personally entered our world, becoming a human, man, human being, a man by the name of Jesus, to show us that things are not only as they seem. There's a reality present in our world and surrounding our world that is usually just beyond our sight. Things are not only as they seem. When God broke into human history and the man Jesus, that is what he came to show us, that things are not only as they seem. God did not stay at a safe distance from the chaos of our world. He entered it. He doesn't stay at a safe distance from us today. He's present with us right now. God came to our planet in Jesus to show us the reality that surrounds the real challenges of our lives. He wants to frame our lives with that reality, with the unchanging realities of his kingdom. That kingdom has established a beachhead in our world and right now, it's available to us, that he is available to us. 
And one day that curtain that separates these realities from the realities of that kingdom is going to be pulled back and God's kingdom is going to be the only reality that we know. And God wants you and me to know that he's pursuing us. He's always seeking us. He's not passively waiting on us to seek him. He's actively reaching out to you and to me. He uses all sorts of situations and people to get our attention. He just might be using me to encourage you to consider taking a risk, a Truman-esque risk. Could it be that things are not only as they seem? Yes, our reality right now is super challenging, but is it possible that there is more to what is real than what is defining the way we understand our lives right now. God is present in your world today. I believe God is present with you right now, and he wants to minister to you. God's Holy Spirit is in our world. If you're not yet a follower of Jesus, the incredible news is that he wants to live inside your life. He wants to have an intimate relationship of love with you, and you can receive him today. If you are a follower of Jesus, if you already know he lives in you, he wants to fill you up to overflowing with himself. So the good news I have for all of us today is tuko pamoja. We are together. You're not alone. Let me encourage you this week to remind at least one person of that fact. Tuko Pomoja. Remind them that they're not alone. And you know what? The really, really good news is that God himself is saying that to us. He's saying to us, Tuko Pomoja. Our loving and compassionate, all-powerful God is saying to you and me, Tuko Pomoja. We are together. He is with us. Let's pray together. Well, God, it may be that someone listening today is um, really considering taking a Truman-esque risk to see if, things, if there's more to life than what they've been experiencing. If you've never c- committed your life to Jesus, I want to just invite you to, if you're ready to do that, to, to say yes to his yes to you. To say that you're sorry for your sins and and that you can receive his forgiveness. And then to say thank you for that gift of forgiveness. It's not based on your goodness, but it's based on his faithfulness. And then you can ask him simply to please fill you up with himself, to show you that there is more to reality than maybe is meeting your eye right now, that he is with you. And if you're a follower of Jesus, you can ask him to fill you up to overflowing so that your life might more and more reflect the incredible love and grace of God and to share that love with the world. Thank you, God, for being with us, that we're not alone, that we have each other, and most importantly, that we have you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Pastor Tim, we're so grateful to you for that helpful message. We are together. We can be strong. This doesn't have to be our darkest hour. This can be our greatest hour. 
together. If we stand together with one another and with the Lord. Remember, call the office. If you have any questions or if you want prayer, we'll be there for you. And now let me close with a blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and his countenance be upon you. And may you know deep in your heart the wonderful love and faithfulness of God the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. In Christ's name, amen. God bless. Until next time, aloha. When people take stock of their lives and come up with the statement, there's got to be more to life than this, they're absolutely correct. There's far more. This life is nothing compared to an eternal life with Jesus. If you'd like to hear this sermon again, you can listen to and download this and other sermons from the First Pres website, fpchawaii.org. Subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Now, normally we meet Sundays at our Ko'olau campus or at the Vine in Kaka'ako. But for now, you can find the entire church service streamed online on the church website, fpchawaii.org. For our virtual church service, click on Online Church at our regular church service times, Sunday mornings at 8, 9.30, and 11.11, and Sunday afternoon at 4 p.m. Be sure to check your email, too, for links to sermons, church news and updates, and daily devotionals. For Pastor Dan Chun and the entire staff at First Prez, I'm Michael Shishido. Until next time, God bless you, stay safe, and thank you for listening. This sermon podcast is copyright 2020 and produced by the media ministry of First Presbyterian Church of Honolulu.